This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 3rd, 2018. Women of the Bible, past the past. Good morning, Connection Church. We welcome you here this morning, those of you who are here at 100 West Green Street and those of you who are joining us online. We are so honored that you're part of our worship service today. Today is a pretty exciting day. We are welcoming 20 new disciple members into Connection Church. Yeah, each service we've just had a great celebration, and so this morning at 11 o'clock is no different. So we say to you, brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated, we're brought into Christ's holy church and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift. It's a good gift. It's called grace offered to us without price. Through confirmation and through the reaffirmation of faith, we renew our covenant declared at our baptism. We acknowledge what God is doing and we affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. We present for disciple membership, Cassandra Hoagland. Cassie, come on up. Give her a hand. Woo! Carl Kinney. Carl, come on up. And, and Kathy Kinney. Kathy Kinney, come on up. Mark and Sabina Luck. Mark and Sabina. Woo! Hannah Munzer. Hannah. Over that way. And Virginia Wolf. Ginny. Can you help me with her? We are so excited that you have made a decision to join with Connection Community Church in disciple membership. And, and you know what it means. This is nothing that, that any of us take lightly because it's a, it's a responsibility to reflect Christ um, in all that you do and to serve him with everything you've got. And you'll be taking some vows to that end. There are some things that we would like to ask you, and there were things that you've already heard us say in the past. First of all, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, say, I do. And do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they might present themselves? If so, please say, I do. And this is really the most important question. Do you confess Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? Do you put your whole trust in his grace? Do you promise to serve him with one another, people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, say, I do. And according to God's grace given to you, will you remain faithful disciples of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? If so, please say, I will. And so it's important to say what you believe, and we will join with you as we share the historic Apostles' Creed. The words are up there, and they're also on these screens if you need it a little closer like I do. do you, and we're invited, we invite you to join with them. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? 
I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose from the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of Father, who will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. As disciple members of this United Methodist community of faith that we call Connection Community Church, will you faithfully participate in its ministries through your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, please say, I will. And so we will ask you one by one to come, and you're invited to either kneel or sit in the chair mm. as we present you with your towel. With the towel. We, we don't give a certificate suitable for framing. We give a towel that we buy for, I think it's under $2. We are frugal, but that's not why we do the towel. The, the purpose of the towel reminds us of John 13, where on his last night with his disciples, Jesus, at the end of the Last Supper, he took the basin and the towel and proceeded to take on the role of the servant. The rented room where they were did not have a servant to wash the disciples' feet. And so that's what Jesus did, one by one, wash the feet. Can you imagine having your feet washed by the very Son of the living God? But that's what Jesus did. He reminds us through that action that he came to serve, not be served. And he called, not be served. And he calls us to do likewise. And so, disciple members, this is your symbol of that servanthood that you are called to as a disciple member of Connection Community Church. Hannah, you're first. Yes. Now I'm gonna get right beside you. Hannah, you are presented with this towel. It's a sign of your servant leadership. We love you, we value you, and we look forward to building God's kingdom together in all the years ahead. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Ginny. Virginia. It matches. Mm -hmm. We planned it that way. Virginia. We give you this towel as a symbol of servanthood. And we love you, and we cherish you, and we so look forward to continuing to do kingdom building with you. Amen. 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 <laughs> Mark. Okay. Mark. We present you with this towel. It's a sign of servant leadership. We love you. And we do cherish you. And we look forward to all the years ahead of building God's kingdom together. Amen. <laughs> Sabina.
Sabina, we give you this towel as a symbol of servant leadership. We love you, we cherish you, and we, and we so look forward to the years ahead of doing kingdom building together. Kathy, so you may notice that she has brought her own towel, <laughs> as Carl has, because they were uh, disciple members of our church in some years past and then spent some time away and now are recommitting, rejoining as disciple members of Connection. Kathy, we represent you with this towel and we affirm reaffirm your disciple membership we love you and we value you and we look forward to kingdom building with you in all the years ahead amen <laughs> carl carl we give you this towel as a symbol of servant leadership we love you, we value you, and we so look forward to the kingdom building that we're going to be doing together in the years to come. Amen. 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 Cassie. This is a long time coming, Cassie. Cassie, we present you with this towel. It's a sign of servant leadership and our love for you. And there's a lot of years ahead to build God's kingdom together, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Amen. Amen. Connection, they have worked hard to become, to get to this point take an alpha or disciple or some spiritual formation, discovered their spiritual gifts, done a connection class, and we are confident as we present them to you as disciple members of connection. It's important to pray for them and affirm them. The words are on the screen so that we would ask you to join us to do just that. We give thanks for all that God has given, already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As we journey together, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers, we renew our covenant to faithfully participate in ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Amen. Father God, we come to you today to present you the new servants, the new disciples, Lord. And as we do that, Lord, we ask you to be at the hands and feet of Cassie and Carl, Kathy, Mark, Sabina, Virginia, and Hannah. Lord, go with them every step of the way. Clear their path. Lift the sorrow. Take away the things that they sometimes regret, the strength that you give them, Lord. Help them understand and realize that all gifts, all glories come through you. We thank you for Connection Church, 
place that has blessed them and all that we do, and we continue to glorify your name. We thank you this day for your son and for the glory of your Holy Spirit. All these things we pray in his name and Connection Church said amen. amen. And so now please welcome the newest members of Connection Community Church. Good morning. Welcome to Connection Community Church. What an exciting morning to be here, right? Uh, we are so glad that you're here worshiping with us today. My name is Bonnie Sieben. I am the Director of Youth and Family Life, and I just have a few announcements to bring to you this morning. One of them I'm really excited about, and Liza, if you want to come on up. Uh, we've been introducing Liza this morning. If you noticed in your Connection um, staff area of the program, we have a new name. This is Liza Holford. She is our youth ministry summer intern. It is a volunteer position. And we are so excited for Liza and what she's going to be doing with us this summer. Um, she has grown up here. If you're looking and you recognize her face, she has been here since she was just a very little girl. Um, and now she is away at college during the year at Virginia Wesleyan University, where she just finished up her junior year. But she is back this summer, and she's been working um, with college ministry and student ministry very, very heavily at her school. And she contacted us and said that she would like to partner this summer in our youth ministry program. And she's going to be doing that. And specifically, she's going to be targeting um, some programming for our 11th and 12th grade students and helping them kind of really bridge that gap as they are getting older and getting to the point of being ready to go off to college and out into the world. So we are super excited for you, and we can't wait to work with you this summer. Just a few other announcements this morning. Tonight is our family game night. That is for students in 6th through 12th grade. Their families, their siblings, younger or older siblings, your parents, your grandparents, your aunt, your uncle, whoever is here worshiping with you and brings you to church, bring them out tonight. We are going to have a great night. There's going to be dinner. There's going to be games. There's going to be some games that are calm. There's going to be some games that are a little bit active. I told an earlier service that I might be able to arrange an opportunity for a student to peg their parent with a dodgeball if that was their interest. Uh, so, but we're going to have a lot of fun, and we would encourage you to just make some time in your family's schedule tonight to come out. And if you are planning on coming out, put your name on the sign-up sheet so I can make sure we've got enough food for everybody. It is a very busy month here at Connection. There's a lot going on, so don't forget to take a look in your program. There's the church conference. There's the upcoming camps happening. There's a trip to Hershey Park. Read through there so that you don't miss any of those opportunities. At this time, I want to take a moment to welcome any first-time guests who are here visiting us today. We are so glad that you chose to come out this morning, and uh, we just welcome you to to um, the service this morning, and we would invite you to stop at guest services on your way out so that they can provide you with some additional information. And for everybody who um, is here, whether for your first time or for um, one of many times, make sure you fill out your Connect card. Don't forget to write your praises or your prayer requests down so that they can be lifted up throughout the week. Would you join me now in prayer as we prepare for the offering? 
Father God, thank you that you're here with us. Thank you that we can gather in your name, and we just pray your blessing on this service. We pray your blessing over the offering, and we thank you that you have provided for us that we may give back to you. In Christ's name, amen. It's a mama singing songs about the Lord. It's a daddy spending family time. The world says he cannot afford. These simple moments change the world. It's a pastor at a tiny little church. Forty years of loving on the broken and the hurt. These simple moments change the world. Dream small. Don't buy the lie, you've got to do it all. Just let Jesus use you where you are. One day at a time, live well. Loving God and others as yourself. Find little ways where only you can help. With his great love, a tiny rock can make a giant fall. Dream small. series for the month of June, a series in which we explore the stories of several women from the Bible. This morning, we are focused on a lady by the name of Rahab. Well, good morning, Connection Church. We are so glad that you're joining us here at 100 West Green Street, and those of you who are joining us online, we're glad that you're here. We are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, tell them our names. And my name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And, and we're would still you, sinners. We are. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today. It's a day that you've made. It's no accident that any one of us are, are here, are tuned in. And so, God, settle us in wherever we're at so that we can focus and be changed and transformed by your word found in scripture. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So today we're focused on Joshua chapter 2 and let's start right off with verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go, view the land especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab 
and spent the night there. And so here we're introduced to Rahab, and we're basically told one thing about her, and that's that she was a prostitute. Now, I don't know, have any concept of what that life must be like, so it's hard for me to, to actually relate to that concept, but it might be true for you as well. I do know that in that society, in that culture, it was tough enough just to be a woman. Women were considered property, had very few rights, privileges, and very few job opportunities, very few job choices. That was tough enough. To be a prostitute must have been absolutely horrible, not only what that profession involves, but also the contempt and scorn people would have for a, a woman like Rahab. And here's the thing, of all the things that could be said about Rahab, I mean, she had this life of all the things that could be said about her, her there was one thing that was consistently, continually pointed out, that she was a prostitute. And it does, just doesn't happen here in Joshua chapter 2. It happens in other places in the scripture over and over and over again. Even a couple of books in the New Testament, they refer to Rahab like in James and he Hebrews. They remind us of her spotted past. They just can't let it go. <laughs> it's virtually part of her name. It seems to be part of her identity. Rahab, the prostitute. Yeah. And so think about that for a minute. How would you like it if your name was always associated with your worst season? Even if along the way you had made a change, you know, what if people always hearken back to the old you? What if your name, like in my case, and this isn't really part of my past, but just an example, um, what if my name wasn't Ad, just Alan, but everybody said Alan the alcoholic, let's say, e even if I'd gotten sober, let's say, and they continued to remind me of that. Or Adam the addict. Or Andrew the adulterer. Beatrice the bankrupt. Or Gary the gambler. Linda the loser. Thomas the, you get the idea, right? You get the idea. Now, we might not be able to fully grasp what it means to be or meant to be a prostitute, but... I think many of us can appreciate always being associated with our worst season. Um, thinking about that, it, it reminds me of sometimes when I get together with my sister. I don't know if this happens with you and your siblings, but we often talk about the past, talk about growing up, talk about mom and dad and, or others, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and on occasion, when I'm with my sister Sharon, she, she reminds me of something I did or some way I acted or something goofy from 50 years ago when I was a 13-year-old kid. And, and, you know, something that I did that was dumb or whatever, the way I acted. And, and, and in some ways, you know, thinking as though that's still who I am. And, okay, in some ways, I still am that 13-year-old kid, Kerry. I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> but in some ways, it's as though I haven't changed in 50 years. Can I get an amen from anybody on that? All right, all right, I'm not alone here. And, you know, isn't it strange how 50 years later we're a different person, uh, night and day different in a lot of ways, but that somehow still kind of can define us, can't it? Wow, wow. 
So the real challenge, though, is when we're the ones replaying those old files, when we're the ones who remind ourselves of our less than all-star season of life, hanging on to the images that we should be long past, and actually hanging on to them with a passion. All too often, it is not our family and friends who remind us of our spotty, our glitch-filled past. It's us. We do it. We're our own worst enemy when it comes to be reminded. Every time we look in the mirror, we're reminded. We remind ourselves of, of those tapes, those, that past that should be long gone. Mm. But here's the thing we want you to remember. Here's the thing we never want you to forget. God is awesome, first of all. Amen. But he is so awesome that he gives us opportunities to move past the past. That's our byline today, past the past. He gives us opportunities to move past the past, gives us opportunities <clears throat> to find a bright and beautiful future, gives us the opportunity to find a great season to replace our worst season. And that's because there's more grace in God's heart than there is sin in our past. Say that with me. There's more, more grace in God's, God's heart, heart than there, there is sin in our past. past. Amen and amen. Amen. Yeah. Reminds us of the words from Psalm 103. Say it with me. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and he crowns me, me with love and tender, and tender mercies. mercies. He, he fills my life with good things. Isn't that awesome? Oh, amen. So let's take a, a look at Rahab. She lived at a time when Joshua, a man of God, a man called by God, Joshua sent two spies and they went to Rahab's house. Now, Joshua's in charge at this point. We're in this Old Testament period. Moses, who was the man who was supposed to lead God's people out, he was dead, and Joshua had taken over. It is Joshua who is the one to lead God's people across the River Jordan into the Promised Land. And it's Joshua, as this new leader, he has to do some prep work, and so he sends some spies into that land ahead of time to see what they're all facing before he takes that entire crowd across into the promised land. Now the king of Jericho somehow found out that these spies had come to check out the land and that they were at Rahab's house. And so he sent her a message telling her to bring the men out. Well, she responded by saying that they had come to her. Yeah, they had. But she didn't know where they had come from, and at dusk they had left, she said. She said she didn't know where they were now. <laughs> the truth was she knew exactly where they were, <laughs> because they were exactly where she had led them and put them. They were up on her roof underneath the stalks of flax that she had covered them with. Before they, the spies, went to sleep, 
she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that dread of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt in fear before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no courage left in any of us because of you. She's pretty gutsy, isn't she, talking like this? Yeah. The Lord your God is indeed God in heaven and above and on earth below. Now then, since I have dealt kindly with you, swear to me by the Lord that you in turn will deal kindly with my family. Now she's playing, let's make a deal. <laughs> Give me a sign of good faith that you will spare my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. The men said to her, Our life for yours. If you do not tell this business of ours, then we will deal kindly and faithfully with you when the Lord gives us the land. Of all the people God could have chosen, God chose Rahab. It was her door the spies knocked on, and it was her roof where they were hidden. Rahab, the prostitute. God chose a prostitute to be his servant here. Wow. He did that because God doesn't define, didn't define her by her past. Instead, he gave her the opportunity to get past the past. He gave her the opportunity to do something great and heroic for God and God's people. God gave Rahab the opportunity to be a new creation, the old gone, the new come. Sounds like a Jesus kind of thing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. God gave Rahab the opportunity to go get, um, to let go of the past and embrace the future. To not look back through that little rearview mirror, but to look ahead through that great big windshield. Don't ever forget the windshield where we look ahead is a whole lot bigger by design than that little rearview mirror where we look behind. Always spend most of your time looking ahead and very little looking back. Well, Rahab grabbed this opportunity that was before her. She grabbed the opportunity that God presented and she ran with it. She had heard the stories. We read that in scripture. She heard the stories along with everything else, of the great things God had done. She, she heard how God parted the Red Sea, how he destroyed two kings of the Amorites. She knew that God had given the Hebrew people the promised land. She knew all that. That's where she was living. And so she seemed to be ready for a new chapter in life, one that included God and God's people. She was ready for this new opportunity that God presented when the two spies knocked on her door that day. She didn't run and hide. 
She opened the door. She was ready to join God and God's unfolding plan. And then she let them in. I'm sorry, let the spies down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the outer side of the city wall, and she resided within the wall itself. And she said to them, go toward the hill country so that the pursuers may not come upon you. Hide yourself there three days until the pursuers have returned, and then afterward you may go your way. And the men said to her, we will be released from this oath that you have made us swear to if we invade the land and you do not tie this crimson cord in the window through which you let us down. And you do not gather into your house your father, mother, your brothers, and all your family. That is some wall. Check this out. She resided within the wall itself. So you can imagine it's some big honking wall. Now, following verse 18, uh, we read that she sent the spies away. They departed. And after they left, she did hang that crimson cord as she was instructed to do. And they did as she instructed for three days and they returned to Jericho or they returned to tell Joshua what had happened saying truly the Lord has given all the land into our hands moreover all the inhabitants of the land melt in fear of us mm. and so finally after 40 years of wandering in the desert the Hebrew people, led by Joshua, crossed the River Jordan into the Promised Land. Wow. And when they got to the city of Jericho, they found that the city was shut tight inside and out because of the Israelites. And it's a walled city. I mean, it, they can't get in because it's walled. It's shut down tight. No one in, no one out. As Joshua chapter 6, verse 2 tells us, the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've handed Jericho over to you, along with its king and soldiers. The challenge is getting in. <laughs> they got to get in. I love this part of the scripture. Check this out. The Lord told Joshua to march around the city and all the warriors once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, they were instructed to march around the city seven times, the priests blowing trumpets. Then a long blast on a ram's horn, and when the invading Hebrew people would hear that, they were all supposed to scream and yell, Woo! And guess what would happen? The walls would come down. And guess what? That is what happened. The walls came a-tumbling down when they followed these orders. As crazy as they sounded, that is exactly what happened. All except for one wall. And it was the wall, the home, where Rahab and her family lived. That part of the wall remained just as promised. A little side note, back in the early 1900s, there was an archaeological dig, and they found remnants of this one wall, whereas all the other walls were decimated. There was still this one, a portion of the wall, that this scripture refers to. Amazing. Amazing. Anyway, the two spies that Rehab had protected went to that section of the wall, 
that was still standing where the house was, where the crimson cord was hanging in the window. And they brought out Rahab along with her father and mother and brothers and rest of her family. And then they burned down the city and everything in it. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. But Rahab the prostitute, there it is again. They can't let it go, can they? Rahab the prostitute with her family, all who belonged to her, Joshua spared. Her family has lived in Israel ever since. For she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Isn't that a great story? <laughs> but there's more. <laughs> there's more. God gave Rahab an opportunity and she made the most of it. The God of Israel became her God. The people of Israel became her people. And God's future became her future. That's big. Check out what her future looked like. We're referring to the first chapter of the book of Matthew in the New Testament. Check this out. See, Matthew, we get a genealogy that, that goes from Abraham to Jesus. Uh, Matthew's writing for the Jews, and he wants them to see how Jesus connects back to, to the father of Judaism, Abraham. Now, in Luke, you find a genealogy that dates all the way back to Adam because Luke's writing for general population. wants to see how everybody's connected all the way back to Adam. But this is to Abraham. Check this out. Genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, son of David, son of Abraham. Abraham, father of Isaac. Isaac, father of Jacob. Jacob, father of Judah and his brothers. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. And Perez, the father of Hezron. And Hezron, the father of Aram. Aram, the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab, the father of Nashon, and Nashon, the father of Salmon, say it with me, and Salmon, Salmon the, father the father of Boaz, of by Rahab. Do you see that? Right there in that genealogy, by Rahab. <coughs> Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth, and who was Obed the father of? Jesse. And who's Jesse the father of? King David. King David, and from David, David, it continues to trace the offspring until it comes to Joseph. Joseph, not the biological father of Jesus, but the legal father of Jesus. Jesus, the savior of all of humankind. Jesus, the savior of the world. And Jesus has Rahab in his legal heritage. Amazing. Notice something here. The word prostitute is not there, is it? It is not there. <laughs> she is not seen by that identification anymore. She's in Jesus' lineage. It's absolutely awesome what can happen when we allow God to help us move past our past. Past our past. God gave Rahab that opportunity, and Rahab embraced it. And as a result... Jesus is literally, we can see it, literally a part of Rahab's future. <laughs> Isn't that a cool story? I love that story. But the question is, what about you? Are, are you going to let the past define you? Are you, are you going to be defined by your worst season? Are you going to continue to look at life through that little rearview mirror, looking at the past, 
or, or you're going to get past the past. We ask that because God has a great and wonderful future for you. If you can let go and look ahead. Remember Rahab. She opened the door to the spies to the future while she was still Rahab the prostitute. It was once she opened that door that God opened the door to a future that was bigger than her past. A, a future of forgiveness. A future that literally included Jesus Christ in her lineage. Can you believe that? Wow. So maybe it's time for you to open the door to Jesus. Remember this, when we're connected to Jesus, our future is always bigger and brighter than our past. We'll say that again. When you're connected to Jesus, your future is always bigger and brighter than your past. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the question for you is this, are you connected to Jesus? And if your answer is yes, I am, praise the Lord. Celebrate that every day of your life. Say thank you, Lord. If your th answer is, uh, I think so, you might want to give it a little more attention because if you really want to bank your eternity on an I think so, because you can be sure. And the way we're sure is when we admit we're a sinner in need of a Savior, recognizing we can't save ourselves, recognizing that Jesus is the Savior. Jesus and Jesus alone is the one who can redeem our past and take us into a bright, beautiful future. And so we encourage you, today is the day to get connected, to let go of that past and to open up to that bright, beautiful future that Jesus offers. Today is the day to invite Jesus into your life. That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Holy God, wow, story of Ahab. Of Rahab, that's incredible. <laughs> wow. What an opportunity, and she grabbed hold of it. Left the past in the past, Lord. Please help us to do the same. Please help us to look to you through your son, Jesus Christ, to that bright, beautiful future where we're no longer sinners, but you redeem us in all that we do. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray. All Connection Church said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.